What? We're live right now. No. Yes. There's yeah. no way. We are. You said? All right. I guess he's right. We are. We are yeah. live. Welcome Hang back to Free Range American. Oh, we're live. <laughs> First <laughs> today with Core 4. <laughs> well, Core 4. Jared told gonna, me to do it from my home studio today. I like I, it. I, I want to try this out. That way, you know, we can do more. It's wonderful. I, I love it. I, I really do. I think, uh, well, if if we can minimize... The him being near me yeah if we minimize jared's (laughs) screen a little bit more right or hey check it out we can just put build a big border so the only thing you can see is like his mouth moving (laughs) (laughs) we're so mean to jared but he's so funny i had a good time with jared i'm not gonna lie we had a night last night he came over there was no donkey distractions and so jared and i actually got to hang out as friends for a very once in a very long time since we've done that and we wrote a bunch of shit we wrote a song two songs actually uh did a bunch of biz dev i was like look at this this is nice he's not chasing like hot dogs and dumpster fires it was wonderful you know i was there sometimes you're gonna be there yeah you're gonna be here soon we're gonna head back down to texas soon yeah are you going to los angeles Logan. No, uh, LA as in Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're going fishing. Yeah, we're going, we're going on a bow fishing too. trip uh, with JP and Caleb Copeland. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. That's- oh, so yeah. I, I want people, Jared, let's build this context of Black Rifles. So now that Jared and I are in Texas and Logan, you know, pseudo moved to Salt Lake, uh, Evan just kind of, <laughs> you know, dictators the, the, the company and makes it awesome up in Salt Lake, plans Bass Pro fishing trips <laughs> and forgets about us Texans. I'm okay with it. I got a 50 cal in the back. I got a 20 millimeter coming. I'm setting up, you know, Casa de Best, like, like none, none with other out here. I'm starting a new show from my pool. What? <laughs> of course you are. So, first and foremost, let's just switch off of fake news. Um, so, Matt was invited, and he was supposed to be in Utah, actually, but he blew his bicep, and we had to change our elk hunting dates. Uh, and that kind of... If you would just stop getting hurt... Right. Then but there would be... But it's a yearly be, thing. It is. It, well, it's, I think it's like a eighteen months. Like every yeah, eighteen months, you gotta have like a fucking blowout or something. Months. Well, the way right? I look at it, right, it, it requires certain risk calculations and risk management to be excellent and uh, do great things. And when you sit on a couch and eat like you guys do, it, it you're not going to get hurt. You might get diabetes. But hey, like, I do the I'm most dangerous things. That's great out point. Of this whole group. We're just free range couch over here. But look at Evan. Like, I, look I, how he looks, lo- young he looks. He looks, he looks, looks great. Especially I, two years ago when he looked like he had cancer and we were all very concerned for you. Yeah, there's a lot myself. of video productions that we're not even to using now myself. because yeah. of how you I looked. looked like yeah. I had some type of bone or blood cancer that... Uh, you were pale all the time. Yeah, well, because I was chained to my like computer. Killing you. You were well, dying. Yeah, it's that, it's, you know, whoever said this thing of like, Oh, sleep when you're dead. You're you got to be hard. You know that's that's fucking that is absolute horrible device or advice. <laughs> First and foremost, you can't live like that. It's non-sustainable. You have to get seven and a half hours of sleep. I am a walking testament to this. Or seven and a half hours of sleep. You have to. 
I was getting four and a half on a regular for like a couple years. I was a fucking wreck. I couldn't work out. I had so much inflammation in my body. I was gaining weight. I was fucked. And then seven and a half hours sleep on a regular cadence, like banging it down. Go figure. Go figure, right? And So now, I can lose weight if I slept more. Yes. That is a proven fact, actually. If you sleep more... You will. You. It doesn't slow your metabolism down. Yes. Matt Fraser. Matt Fraser yes, sleeps twelve man. hours a day. Well, oh man, this dude is like burning eight thousand calories a day. No, they're the same machine. Everybody's the same. Matt Jared Taylor. Eight thousand calories a day too. If I have to sleep that much, that's what's wrong with me. That's why no. I gained so much weight. Jared Taylor and Matt Fraser are the same yeah. person. They're they exactly are. the same. Burns eight thousand calories. Consumes eight thousand calories. Drastically different. Both sleep 12 hours, the exact same. It's still the same amount of calories, Matt. Jared burns the same amount of calories as Matt Frazier consumes. Think about that. No, that's not a thing. No, Jared consumes consumes the same amount of calories as Matt Frazier. So they're actually working together. We don't know if it's complex calories or simple calories, though. That's not a thing. Jared, there's this crazy thing. All right. So it's called caloric intake and versus, you know, what you actually burn off. And when you take like simple sugars and other starches, your body stores them as energy to use later, which is known as fat. I don't eat. Sugar. That was all science, too. That was super accurate. <laughs> or in your case, filthy disgustingness. Okay. Jared yeah. might have a nicer body than me right now. I, I took a selfie in the mirror the other day just to mm. remind myself of how fucking skinny fat I am right now. I have a tummy. Not good. It's not good. Yeah, Jared, you do have a tummy. I, hey. When you were up here in Utah, I love this is the Jared. Can we just talk about Jared for maybe another five minutes? Sure. Yeah, let's, go, let's, let's do that. I'm into it. <laughs> No, every just, month Jared tells me stop drinking. I do. I'm eating healthy. Like I'm I'm on nothing on, you know, I'm I'm eating nothing but but meat and vegetables cuz I have I a new to, girlfriend. I, yeah, well that's every 3 to 4 days depending, right? Or I have multiple. <laughs> um but I'm eating healthy. So he told me last time I was like I'm only eating meat and vegetables cuz I switched to that uh, when I first got back to Salt Lake, I said, I've got to try this. I, I, I was really, I've heard about the carnivore diet, the, you know, paleo, keto, whatever it is, right? All these. And I'm like, what if you just eat mainly wild meat and vegetables? What are you going to feel like? And so I switched over to that. I've, I've lost 17, 20 pounds, give or take. Uh, I'm not getting like fatigue in the afternoons. Yeah, I feel great. So this isn't an infomercial for my diet, but Jared was, hey, I'm going to do that. I did. And you know how I know that he didn't do that? How? Because he's still fat. Well, I <laughs> well, will I say, he's got for like eight days. And he's yeah, got a pretty cool girlfriend, man. She's she's pretty rad. I got to give it to her. And she's been making them eat clean because that's what she does. She's like a dietitian, And so... We went over there and she made like, it was still some bacon on there, but it was like sausage and eggs and like things that have nutritional, like, you know, and then content. every time I get sober, I realize how mean you guys are. And then I have to drink again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Sorry. Uh, no, Evan told me the other day, it was like, do you know how I make, I go about my decision-making process for 
big life initiatives is I just do the opposite of what Jared Taylor is doing. Mm. So Jared Since has grown his when? hair out. No, that's how I've lived my life. Yeah. The last oh. five years, the secret of success is I look at you and I do the exact opposite. Dude, that's a book, Jared. It's that's a program. Like, Keys to success. Do everything I don't do. You know, it's called that, JTO. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Taylor opposite. <laughs> I live the I live that strong JTO lifestyle. It's worked out great for me. It's working amazing. Chapter one. Consume eight thousand calories, sleep twelve hours, and consume a liter. Hey, I'll of have milk. you know I finally got registration for the Jeep. That's nice. great. Yeah. You know, it's been about four years. Mm-hmm. It's been about four years. Uh, you know, the, the Jeep is, the Jeep seems dangerous to me. I'm just going to come out and say it. It just seems like a very dangerous vehicle for a person to be driving. It's loud. It has a lot of rattles in it. There's like a lot of lights rattles. flashing. And it looks I like don't, a cow. Yeah. I, yeah it reminds it does me of a cow like, whenever I look at it. I think it's a cow. I do got to give it to Jared, though. He was on ESPN. Do, duo, dose, yeah. two, um, for the Travis Persona stuff. What, what's up with that, man? Do, uh, are you able to say what they Absolutely. you guys with? They, you know, we aired on Saturday. They re-aired it again Sunday, and they didn't have that schedule. They're re-airing it again for the next two weeks uh, wow. in a better slot on Saturdays. Uh, Black Rifle gets a whole bio. You know, our team gets a bio in the, in the special, and uh, they came back and said they want five more of these. So... That's awesome. That's dude, it crazy. Was, it was, Five more? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it was so cool to see Smagical out there, like, getting after it again. And, I couldn't like, believe it. Well, like, Jared, Jared, for context, so people that don't know, tell them, tell them about the event a little bit, because it's a pretty cool event that you guys could put together, and you're actually one of the hosts on ESPN2. Well, it was, you know, Logan and I started dreaming this up three years ago. It was like, what if we, what if we created... Baker was there, too. It was when we were driving out to yeah. Durango. It was like, what if we created a... A, a mini moto series, but it was serious where we treated it more like the UFC or something like that, where it was right. really fun because AMA is very, very serious, very professional type type thing. Uh, I had pitched it to Travis. Travis was like, that sounds awesome. Him and I put together a packet. We turned it over to Nitro Circus. Nitro Circus was like, this sounds really cool. We'll see where it can fit. And then when the virus hit and everything kind of happened, ESPN came sniffing around and was like, hey, what do you guys got? You guys have anything? And they were like, hey, dust off the binder of this this dream that we had three years ago of a professional mini bike race. And they were like, I mean, D Dove just called me and he was like, hey, the pick bike race is a go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was like, no way. And then to see guys like Ryan Sipes, like real mo moto and supercross professionals and AJ Catanzaro out there racing this with everybody in the branded jerseys, everybody with the branded bikes. It was my exact vision three years ago. And then it was executed and then put on ESPN. So this was really, really cool. It's epic. They're coming back with five episodes, dude, man. Congratulations. Yeah. That's huge to be on ESPN. I mean, it's like the sports network, right? I mean, it's ESPN hey. too, but we'll, we'll take hey, it. We'll take I, it. It's better than the Ocho. Hey, the Ocho is pretty dope, dude. Very true. Very true. <laughs> I love that shit. And, and who were uh, the Black Rifle Coffee writers, Jared? We had uh, Phil Smage, Smashical, uh, who was paralyzed 
essentially from the waist down th- almost three years ago in the world record razor attempt. Um, and again, just has been fighting through rehabilitation and walked when they said that he wouldn't walk is riding when they said he wouldn't ride and then comes back and races. This is his first actual main event or, or sanctioned event uh, after his injury. What a badass. Yeah, somebody needs to do a film on him because yeah. his, his story is fucking incredible. Cool. Well, we were talking to Godfrey. He was in the he was in the other day on a, on another FRA, and they were talking about how when he was down in Pastrana Land, they duct taped his feet to the <laughs> to the pegs on the motorcycle, and he was jumping into the the foam pit, foam pit. because he's paralyzed. So he's he's like, well, I'm just going to take my feet to these this motorcycle and jump this thing. What's the worst that can happen? These uh, guys are crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, and what, they are, man. One of the really interesting things about his story was, um, as he was going through the recovery process, he said his his legs would start spasming, and the the doctors initially gave him some medication so his legs would stop doing that, and he told them no like let let my legs keep spasming because it's at least it's working my muscles uh and he started walk again with the help of gain of canes not too long after that and i was like man that's so interesting that like he would have the hmm. the forethought to like think about that and a couple months later like he's right. actually walking around Dude, your, your body can do incredible things yeah. i uh talked to my pa over the weekend my physician's assistant and he said i'm at right now with recovery worth People are at three months at one month because I don't take any pain medication and it's the same thing. Like your muscles start spasming mm-hmm. and I'm just doing these like really lot. No one gets full extension as quick as me. I'm like, I'm doing it and I'm doing recovery three or four times a day. And it's like, your body's fucking dope. You just got to feed it good stuff. I got to give a shout out too. It's like, I think it's, I have to look at the name, like ancestral supplements. This dude kicked oh, me. Um, yeah, man. He just hit me up on Instagram. He was super cool. And he's like, I got these beef livers and stuff. And at first I'm like, okay, this is like, which doctor shit that doesn't work. But I get this like massive boost of energy after I take them. I took them like 30 minutes ago and it's essentially like capsules that are filled with like collagen and stuff that your body can metabolize and beef liver with organic grass-fed beef livers. They're like super, super nutritious, about an ounce of meat per per dose that you take. Fuck, man, it makes me feel so good. So shout out to those guys. Damn. Yeah, I don't know the science behind it. Yeah, I saw Trevor on the website too. So, but that stuff is quality stuff, man. It really is. Well, all it is is just animal organs. From, I know. From what Trevor That's described, is like they just throw animal organs in a processor, grind it up into a powder, uh, put them in pills, and then that's what you're taking, essentially. Which is a lot better than eating, like, you know, beef liver every day. That'd be a little, uh, I mean, I like liver, but uh, you only get like one gross burp like you do with like uh, omega 6 or, you know, yeah. when, you, when you take that. But it's, it's super easy and chill. Yeah. I, um, I've been eating my wife's placenta for the last couple of years. And it's, <laughs> You've it's great. saved it's that. Great stuff. Yeah, I, like, I turned it into pill form. Oh, so, okay. yeah. you know, it's been great. I was Helps wondering me. if that was like an anniversary thing, like how people have part of their cake on their anniversary. Yeah, like we, we, just, every we celebrate our, our daughter's birthday by, by having placenta cake. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm it's, super it's, confused. Is this like crab cakes cake. or like, when like you, a cake cake? When you said that, Evan, I thought you said wife's see so i've been doing that on a very strict <laughs> regimen and <laughs> i haven't seen any nutritional gains from it other than more of a, a, a sore throat but there, a sore there throat. are really people out there i don't that was a joke but there do, are really people out there that eat 
placenta of their children. They they dry it. Yeah. No. Yes, they yes, dry it. No, 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 look look yeah. it up on YouTube. It's yeah. no joke. There, there's people that talk about recipes with it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I get maybe the theory behind it, but there's so many other ways to get quality nutrition in your body. Look, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay said it, said it best yesterday when you and I watched that thing. He's just like... <laughs> Plus you have too much time on your hands. Recipes. Oh yeah, it's right? like, is, what do you say? Is this the woke snowflakes that keep trying to reinventing shitty cuisine or whatever? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spend your time learning how to cook, not how to dye your food a different color. You idiots! I want Gordon Ramsay on the show. That dude is hilarious, man. He doesn't they give you, a fuck. <laughs> the YouTube ratings on these videos are so bad. <laughs> I think they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, do yourself a favor and. Uh, Placenta recipes smoothie. I guess that's, yeah. a, that's one of the top yeah. ways to adjust this is a smoothie form. My water suddenly <laughs> tastes like iron when you said that, dude. Because we, we went to uh, we went to the super hippie birth center. We didn't go to the hospital in the last one because we were like the hospital makes you stay for two days. My wife is natural childbirth, so she's pushing this thing out without any pain meds either way. But I think I've told this story before where. There's like a dude in the next room playing a didgeridoo while his wife's having a fucking baby. That's how crazy hippie this place was. It was so awesome. And yeah, like the, wow, yeah, yeah. Hey, sweetheart, so I got I, you I, on the didgeridoo music. Uh, so I've been practicing. When you go into labor, let's do let's do a little run through. Like pretend you're in labor. Just trying to relax her, you know. And I'm in there, and I'm with the nurse. My wife's starting labor, and she's. Getting in like these straps, you know, because it's like she's going to start pushing and she's pushing. And I'm like, hey, and the nurse is in there. I'm like, hey, question. But do you think this is an inappropriate time to ask for a little anal? <laughs> and uh, the nurse had a physical reaction where she spit whatever she had in her mouth out and would start laughing. And I was like, ah, oh, this place ain't that bad. It's I. It's I. Laugh. That's good. I thought she was going to be disgusted by that. No, she thought it was fucking hilarious because that's about as good. I'm the. I'm only good. My sense of humor in those occasions, like I'm on point, right? I could be doing a stand-up act, but when people are in fucking absolute misery, I'm just like, hey, this is awesome, man. Hey, what do you guys want to laugh about today? Woo! This is fun for me. Again, the, the vampire effect. Yes, People yeah. are in pain over there. This is the funniest situation possible for it me. Is. Well, next time I injure myself, I'm just going to call on FaceTime and you just ream into me because I'll laugh. I'm not an empath... I am... I have a decent amount of empathy for sure. I think it's just my... my in decent? those circumstances, I, I rise decent. to the I'd occasion. low... Below average on the yeah. below, below average. Below average. Well, you're a very, it's not empathy per se. You're a very process driven person. And so you're like, like very emotionally removed from things, which I think a lot of us are, but you're even more so, which like makes you critically think about rational decision making during very complex and hard situations. But also, that's very but, perceived as non empathetic. You're not above people. walking in and having a gorgeous meal in front of me while I have E. coli. No, I am not. I am definitely not, not that below that whatsoever. I think all of us have that to a certain degree, though. It's, it's this, <laughs> it's a dark sense of humor that we all carry. The, I think when, when things are really shitty, 
like when things are super shitty, like being able to crack a joke is so it's fucking amazing. Well, I think it's that's just like part it's an amazing whole... it's it's an amazing experience. It's part of the brand. That's what I've always said every interview. I'm like, I love having a macabre sense of humor. Like in the darkest times is when the humor is most needed and it's the funniest. Obviously, if someone has right. like a tragic passing in the family, you're not making fun of it. But when like shit's really hard, you kind of got to make fun of it because that's the only kind of levity you have during those situations when you're like, well, everything is fucked right now. Mm. Yeah. You know, I realized that I was probably a bit like I, I, I was probably a little bit detached a few years ago. What I, I think it was, I've told you guys this when I came across that fatality and I was given mouth to mouth with that female um, on the side of the road. My wife was like watching me and so I'm, I'm down there and I've got my medical kit and I'm trying to, she's like dead on arrival. Like her, her, her uh, pupils were, you know, dilated and essentially dead. And um, the guy that was driving the car, he was still alive, but you could tell that he was probably going to be paralyzed. And, but I knew that he had like oxy, there was like oxy fucking pills everywhere. And like the guy was just like a piece of shit, basically. He was fucking around and, and hurt this person. I killed this woman and I was telling the dude to shut up because he kept yelling. I'm like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> it's like, ah, she probably like, maybe in my bedside manner needs some work. I don't know. I should probably <laughs> dial it back a little bit. I don't know. My, and, oh, uh, yeah. So I, I realized, I think it took me a few months after that of reflection to be like, man, I am a bit detached. I should probably try to work on more emotional connectivity or something. Well, don't you think though, but that, 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 that kind of humor, I feel like when we talk about assimilation with the veteran community, like specifically people that have been to war, that is in part why that communication style is so, uh, radically transparent, uh, per se to a lot of people, because it's, you're just a no bullshit kind of guy. Like shut the fuck up. You're being an asshole. You can't say that. You're like, but yeah, you're like being you're alive, an dude. asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you it's like you're alive, told. which is more than I can say for the person you just fucking killed by driving but, off the edge of this road. While, while you're drinking and popping yeah, oxy, I, yeah. piece of shit. It's, like, it's a reflection of the time we live in now. You can't even tell anybody that they've fucked up anymore. Like, no. you did this wrong. You did the, like, now it's, it's, it's just, it's going, it's going sideways. We should just take the word microaggression out of the, the, the U.S. U.S. English language. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was listening to something the other day and they were talking about how, there are situations where you could be having a conversation and th what you're saying could be considered assault. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Right. Or a battery. And um, like, but you're not making physical contact with anyone. Right. And it's like, no, but your words are so aggressive. They can be uh, psycho they can cause psychological pain, which is now what they're trying to, this woke generation of people oh, they're trying to classify as this is actual as just as severe if not more severe than physical contact have they ever been to a reddit thread <laughs> i know i'm like log into twitter you fucking have weirdos you for like five minutes posted about me so jumping on that <laughs> yeah. there's a school this last week that came out with this new uh the entire school essentially said you know we don't do hard deadlines on any homework. <laughs> and if yeah. you 
if you, it's an honor system. So if you did it, but didn't turn it in, you can pitch what you feel the, the grade that you deserved <laughs> and everything. You're wow. fucking stupid. Shut the fuck up. All you're doing is creating a participation fucking society, which takes away all the healthy competitiveness, which drives a capitalistic society, which makes things so great. Because if you lose all competition in the world, guess what? You don't have people that are innovative. You don't have fucking advances in technology and no, medicine and all yeah. the things that make our lives great. Like, we are the land of the excuse now. Everything fuck, is an excuse. You need to make the fucking excuse to do shit like that. Like, it's the, there's two ways of thinking the excuse of not doing something or waking up every morning and going, I don't want to go work out or whatever the fucking course is and go, hey. I'm going to make the excuse to go do shit. Matt, you could get good. disability right now for having a video game addiction. I, I got classified that, as a disease. Think about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, think that, about all the poor people that have <laughs> video game addictions, Matt, that just, that's what's stopping them. That's the only yeah, thing that's stopping that's, them from being just exceptional humans. It's an addiction. Right? Yeah. It's the only thing. The, the one, the, the one, only the one thing stopping them was video games, stopping them from being an exceptional human. Thank God, you know, guys like Jocko never started playing video games, right? Like, holy <laughs> shit. If he would have, I would hate to see where Jocko would be today, you know? Like, I would hate to see where these guys would be. I mean, well, Matt, have you ever played video games? Um, I do actually Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I stream at six thirty CST on Twitch. Map S eleven X. Why do you ask, Evan? I was just wondering because <laughs> last time I checked, aren't you a New York Times bestselling author too? I, I am. Yes, yes. Right. And a and former combat special operations veteran. Happened to be that too. Yes. And a co-owner of a successful company. Yeah, it's super. It's super weird, Evan. I, I do weird. this thing in life where I commit myself and I compete against myself to progress every day and be better and be a sponge and learn new skill sets, and then I apply them to a process that's action oriented, which actually gives me a tangible thing to see and show the world, rather than you know living in the clouds and not doing anything with my life. But how can you manage to do all that while playing video games, Matt? That's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just can't imagine how you've been able to do it all because, <laughs> you know, I could look at all these poor kids out there that have video game addictions. That just yeah. That's the only thing stopping them from achieving their life's goals. Is yeah, It's the computer game excuse. manufacturer's problem. That's just an excuse, obviously. Uh, we're not talking about like oxycodone here where people are like, you know, legit physically addicted to something. I think that right. that's just a bullshit fucking excuse, which seems to be the, the course of a lot of people these days. No, that's it. Now, now, whenever you're told you're wrong, it's you give an excuse and blame it on something fucking made up. It's so just, can we change cancel culture to blame culture? Blame can we change culture. that blame yeah. culture? Blame culture. Right? It's like blame culture. I'm going to blame somebody else for all my fucking problems, right? And it's like, I, I think that's a really inter interesting topic for people not to like, go on a fucking tangent, but it's, it's, there's no ability for people to take an individual responsibility for their actions. They can't say, this is my fault. They can't. No. It, and when I say that, there's this huge portion of society. We see it. We see it. We see it in people you know, on the internet or whomever it is. And, and it's, this isn't my fault. It has to be somebody else's fault. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I get, I get a little bit worn out with it. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I just like, I'll make a post and just log off. I, I, I don't, 
I mean, it's not like I'm posting on a regular basis, I guess, but I try just to stick fucking out of social media in general. And if I do, it's like I'm logging into Twitter intentionally to pick a fight with some socialist just because yeah. I think they're fucking retards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and the, the result of all this is pushing us towards the government taking care of everything and like this, this like shift and nudge and little baby no no the result Logan, is we don't know what the hell their direction is because at the same time that they're saying we need to be more socialist they're also saying we need to defund the government <laughs> well i think logan you're, you're you're pretty spot on with that and my my stupid opinion is it's that slow reliancy on government support and assistance which undeniably points you in a socialistic marxic yeah manner right where it's like you you have no like zero to very limited self-accountability for your own personal actions your failures in life your inability to succeed which is 100 based on you trust me because i'm a fucking idiot and i've done okay and then you're like the government will fix it and then you blame everybody and then the government's the thing that's supposed to come in and do it and then soon enough we're like living in communist california where where our reliancy is completely on the government and all this aid rather than going I'm just going to work a little harder and maybe sleep a little less for a couple like, of years. How yeah. do you think this generation would react to a world war with a draft? I, I think the same as Vietnam. Like, I think, I think it's dependent on the conflict, right? It. Yeah. It's dependent on the conflict. I think... Uh, I don't my, even know. I think it, like whatever it would be at this point, like I think everybody, or I think a good amount of people would just be like, nope, sorry. I, I think it's completely de dependent on the conflict, man. I, I think that... I hope that there is the American spirit is in with all these people. They just live in this like fake security bubble that has been so effortlessly supported or supplied to them by generation after generation of sacrifice that they have no understanding what it's like to fucking get shot at, to see get hit in the face. And so it's just like everything. It's like you live in this utopia of fake reality where everything is perfect it's not you know the fucking problem is humans we're a bunch of assholes mm -hmm. we're fucking there's criminals there's opportunists you can't change genetics on a lot of this shit but i think that if there was a world war ii situation or another 9-11 that a majority of people would be reinvigorated in that patriotic approach and be like you know what maybe i shouldn't worry about someone calling me a bitch and i should worry about you know said fucking terrorists invading our country that's the a 190 ballistic now. missile test that china has done right? mm -hmm. or if you go look at the russians and see with their nuclear tests back in the day and how big that freaking hydrogen bomb is it is terrifying you're dead in like a 200 mile radius bro it's insane damn I would they're do, bigger they're, fish to pry have you, have you ever seen that map Dude, you can go on the internet and it's like an atom bomb app and you can click a city yeah. we did it the other day on san antonio and we're like all the way where I am up north. I'm still in like the fallout area. So I wouldn't die from like being vaporized, which I'd get radiation for sure. I get all the radiation and the fallout and die from that. So it's, it's savage though. When you, when you apply the bombs and how much destruction that would look like, like it's terrifying. Yeah. We were listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, was it Brett Weinstein's? Is that what it was? Where yeah, we were talking about nuclear proliferation or, and, or not we, they were, they were talking uh, specifically about how it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, you know, before a, a third-party terrorist organization infiltrates the United States through a port, something like that, and then torches one off. My biggest fear in this is that as we've, you know, continued to fund wars of, of 
of when I say non-strategic based wars, you know, the global war on terror is obviously something that I agree with. You know, long sustained occupational conflict in Central Asia or Afghanistan, no, it's just kind of 20 years and we still don't have an end in sight as far as what the actual objectives are. But we've taken our eye off the ball by large scale occupational wars where really the threat has been right underneath our nose. And it's, I, I look at these scenarios, I'm thinking, okay, so North Korea, whomever it is, decides that they want to uh, provide the technology to a terrorist organization. Yep. And then they have a cutout. So, you know, they cut out their responsibility for what's happened. Something torches off in Los Angeles or New York, one of these main population areas. And they have plausible deniability for an extended period of time before anybody knows how they can kind of trace it back. Uh, and then they capitalize on the chaos. So they continue to capitalize on the chaos. Even better yet, a more strategic superpower like Russia or China, for instance, having uh, another two different variations of cutouts between a place like Iran or North Korea than a terrorist organization. So they have you know, four or five degrees of separation between a large strategic uh, enemy and then them being to really exploit or team up and exploit against the country. Uh, because even just in the information war that we have today uh, via social media with China and Russia both manipulating social media and then directly capitalizing on the chaos, I can't imagine the country going through a round of chaos where it's increased by a tragic event of uh, uh, you know, epic proportion, and then being able to continue to capitalize and divide the country. I think the country itself, most of us are pretty damn center. You know, I read a statistic the other day that 40% of registered gun owners, almost 40% of registered gun owners are actually registered Democrats. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we look at, you know, 60-40 split, even between the, the two-party system, which I think is atrocious either way, we're still a fairly united country as far as independence, gun ownership, self-right or, or rights. Uh, but these fringe elements of our political yep. society capitalizing on it and then using the energy, money, and direct manipulation of places like Russia and China. Dude, you it, are opening a can of worms I never thought about, but it... You're absolutely right. This could be the next thing that we face. With the way that social media and information is, Russia could invent a new ISIS and could easily use information to fool the entire world, even with attacks on themselves to make, to make everyone think like, oh, everybody hates these guys. These are the bad guys. These are, th this is this. And then just like you said, a shred out organization that they're pumping money and giving technology to, to attack us when the entire world is fooled into thinking that this is, this is an independent enemy of everyone. And how are you going That's to establish a coalition even when you know what you're doing is the right thing if you, you know, follow the breadcrumbs and went to the, the source, uh, how do you build a co coalition around an international information-based war where there's a bunch of contradictory propaganda that can't align 
strategic interests. And that's the biggest part that I see with the country right now is we we have the same interests, actually. The collective country as a whole, I think we I do have the same interests. It doesn't seem to have a voice, though. It, it doesn't seem like that unity that's kind of floating around in the middle. It doesn't, it doesn't well, feel like we another thing to think about is we're at the highest peak of human population in history. Like, are 330 million people able to be united? We've never, right. we've never done this. This is, well, I this think is it, new for yeah, you. I yeah, think that's, that's a, a really point. interesting thought process or thought exercise. And Matt, you've said this before, like how, how do we get the post 9-11 or, or post Pearl Harbor without that actual event that happens there? And it, it doesn't seem like there's really any drive towards any type of United States unity that's really being driven across the board right now. It seems but, like but everything is divisive. Part, right? But this is a great segue back into the individual responsibility for critical thought, right? Is when you have <laughs> divisive fringe elements that are, you know, polarizing in identity politics, they're, 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 everybody's thinking about the shit that doesn't really matter. I mean, I'd venture to say 99% of Americans, if not more, don't give a flying fuck what color or religion you are, right? It, like, no one cares. No, like, you're an American, cares. bro. But then now yeah. we're looking at this as like, the American flag is racist. This is the complete opposite. Like, yes, historically, has there been... Fun, like, And that's the problem, right? You look back, is there institutional racism in America? No, there's not. Not anymore. None. Tell me, if anything, it's the other way now where minorities are getting um, better benefits because whatever, right? But like at the end of the day, there's no institutional racism in America. Dude, I can say... Factions of society like the KKK here or other, yeah, small, 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 small portions. But then you go to any of us or any fucking normal American citizen, we're going to be like, those are terrorist organizations. Like, yeah, like no one supports them. We're not giving them funding. But then we're completely dividing the country on this race war when... I, I, there isn't one. I don't think it's on an individual basis. And that's where it goes back to that statement. I said a couple podcasts about it's like all black lives matter. They do, but we can't like start picking onesies and twos and, and, and then having like the progressives use them as political motivation Wait. to get them into government when black cops are dying. Um, there there's gang on gang violence are dying. Like let's focus on the actual problem, invest taxpayer money to increase the educational system with unbiased on this fucking progressive mentality and get people thinking in a critical way and about the shit that matters. Like you were just discussing Evan. And in theory, it's pretty fucking simple, but people don't want to do the work. They want to just be triggered. They want to go on Twitter and yell and do nothing, nothing. And this is why I, I don't even entertain that conversation at all is because the, the whole s systemic racism thing is my entire professional life. I've never once experienced no matter behind closed doors or anything, anyone coming up and saying, Hey, let's fuck this guy over because of his religion or his skin color. I've never seen that. So, okay, we must be doing something right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the counter argument there is I'm sure there's plenty of instances that have occurred in that way where people have been obviously. Sure. But you're but, always going to have outliers in everything. Like there's going to be special cases, but does that happen on a system, like a system based? Does the military promote based on this? Well, no. that's what I'm saying. There's no, yeah. in my opinion, institutional racism is not a thing, right? Like, yes. If anything, it's it's more favorable towards minorities or people of ethnic diversity. At this day and age, am I, am I off the mark in that? No, 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 I think you're right, especially in the education system. Like, you know, you go, I went to Michigan State, and like, there are a ton of Chinese students because they open up and they allow a lot more of those 
people coming over from China to, to come get educations I mean, because that's part of their mandate. You've got a group, an organization in Hollywood that tries to find fake gays because people think that if they're gay in Hollywood, it gets them ahead faster. Like, <laughs> yes. This I'm going to make out with Logan. <laughs> there is a coalition. This was, this was, one of our friends was telling us about this. There is a coalition that, that tries to like verify it. Jared, it's an opportunity for some investigative reporting. I think uh, you need to get down into the weeds on this one and see Jared, if this is really the case. I got it. I'll, I'll go. I really, so you're talking about Russia, Evan. I want you to see this because I came across this this morning. Logan, pull this up because this is really, really crazy. It's called a LUN class, L-U-N space C-L-A-S-S, Ekranoplin. So EK, it should pop. Got it. Look at this machine, Evan. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is uh, the aircraft. We're, yeah, we're gonna. It, this it is glides, an aircraft. It goes 550 knots on the water using ground effect, and it has like five massive engines, and it can carry like a, an um, immense amount of tonnage. But oh, that's I, super cool. They they designed it back in the eighties. They built one. I just I came across a photo set of somebody that traveled where the the one crashed and the, it's still sitting. Uh, that and that doesn't crazy. look dangerous at all. No, seriously. No, and there's all. and there's nothing that could go wrong with that whatsoever. <laughs> Five hundred fifty knots on the water. Yeah, the ocean is really nice. It's, it's really accommodating. It's flat. Right? Totally fine. I mean, there's there's like a bunch of Russians that are just like smoking cigarettes, drinking vodka. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean let's just do this. Let's you do know I mean, that they, like, ex they experimented for a while where they would para-drop their tanks yeah. with the tank crew in them. Mm-hmm. That, and then, like, there's that old video, too, of them. They would just, when they were... Uh, the pair jumpers, they would just climb out on the wings and like just slide off the wings. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, there, there's a certain aspect of the Russian culture that you really do have to respect for their ability just to say, fuck it. Let's they, send it. They have you no know what risk I mean? adverse. There's no operational they, risk management. There's space program. <laughs> like, where they just like killed a fucking shit ton of people trying to get them in rockets and send them into space. And there's, there's a bunch of... Uh, guys that have done reporting on the the Russian cosmonaut program and actually how many people died during the course of them trying to put somebody in space. It's All some crazy for Mother number. Russia. It's a crazy number. Then you're then you think about it and you're like, okay, but dude, you guys you guys decided to send it with your nuclear power plant and you see how that worked out for you, right? That melted down and it caused a fucking you know global environmental impact. <laughs> I get it. You wanted onesie twosie the send it thing. Okay, you know, sign up. It's not like any of these guys are true volunteers anyway. You know, they're 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 voluntold with a a, a pistol to the back of their head. Get in the spacecraft, man. Hey. Get the spacecraft. Guess We're gonna what? launch You're gonna you to the fucking astronaut. moon. What's yeah, that? we just invented it. First, maybe. Some like potato farmers like scraping some shit out in the field. And they just come out and they're like, "Hey, man, you're gonna be you're you're a cosmonaut. Dude. You got chosen it's time to for go. the space program. Yeah. Could you imagine though how excited you'd be if you're just Jared like, would do that. If someone walked in with a suit and was like, Jared." You're a cosmonaut. You'd be like, really? I'm in. This thing flies great. It makes sense. It makes sense you chose me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes sense. I'm <laughs> watching all my simulator time. I've been huh? waiting for this moment for my yeah. entire life. And they're like, don't worry. We've sent like, we sent like 
50 dogs into space and like two of them lived. You're going to be fine. Yeah. We're Don't worry about dogs. it. Don't well, worry about it. You're going to be okay. An interesting subject. If you think about the majority of like technological advancements, whether it's like tech, electricity, or jumping out of a plane, there's some poor bastard at some point in American history or in the world history that had to do it. They're like, yes. first, the had to do that first. And you're on the side of like a fucking whatever B-17, like I'll slide off the wing. Like someone had some massive balls to get that program going. By the time so I was airborne, it was easy. They're like, your shoot's going to open. You're pretty much good. Yeah, there was this other uh, old video that I saw when I was, uh, there's this old museum uh, right across the street from my mom's house. Uh, My hometown during World War II turned into a glider factory. The uh, Frigidaire factory was just pumping out gliders. My grandma was one of the riveteers on that. In uh, in this museum, there's a bunch of old uh, training footage. And do you guys remember that scene from Batman in uh, The Dark Knight when Batman goes out of the building and the plane comes by and he's got a, a line attached to a balloon and yeah. then the plane comes off and yeah, it hooks it on the wing? Yeah, it's called the SARS program. Yeah, that was an actual thing. Yeah. And I, like this this museum is playing this old training footage. I'm like, that's Freaking insane, Stars man. extraction. I'll tell you what it means. Like, can you imagine that whiplash of going from standstill to getting wrenched by a plane that's going 120, 140 miles an hour? Would you? I feel like it would kill you. No, there, this this was utilized. Yeah. Surface-to-air recovery system. It's called the Fulton Star, uh, the star Fulton. System. And the yeah. MC-130 Talon has the... The, the prongs out yeah, front. Yeah, the prongs on it. it. Yeah. It yeah. flies over. It you have a, picks a balloon. the line. Yeah. And then it goes into the back ramp and then it hooks onto a winch and they start winching this whole thing into the back ramp. If and you're you wearing watch, this suit with a it, harness on it. And yeah, then you if just you go watch the, the Green Berets, which yeah, is one they of do the it, single, single worst <laughs> movies ever made, uh, you know, uh, John Wayne. God bless him, but it's a, it's a really a, bad movie. Is there a uh, shitty, like, Ranger movie? I feel like you had Navy Seals with Charlie Sheen, which I'm not calling it shitty, but, you know. And then the Green Berets. Yeah, it's called Basic. Basic? Yeah, oh. Basic is your is your, is your your shitty Ranger movie. Well, we get a lot of shitty movies where they're former Rangers, you know? But I, never about, like, the unit-specific. Yeah. Con Air. Yeah, well, Con Basic Air. Was, Air. was the Rangers were a five-man, six-man team. What was the guy? Oh yeah, I remember. John Travolta's in that movie, right? Uh, well, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is the lead. Yeah. What was the guy yesterday in the Predator, Jared? He was a CW three who was also a captain a and captain, a Ranger Black sniper. Yeah, sniper. What? Yeah, <laughs> whoever just what tech advised that one? It definitely wasn't Jericho Denman, that's for sure, because it would yeah. it would actually look good. They spent eighty eight million dollars on this movie, and it, it looked like a pile of hot garbage that you microwaved. Well, that that I mean, with that background though, CW three <laughs> former captain. No, he, was he wasn't captain. current CW three captain. captain rank, and they call him a CW three. Oh, okay, got and it. He had, okay. What he had a first ID patch on his on his yeah. thing. Fuck yeah. He had the tambray with uh, the <laughs> Ranger patch, but no DUI in it. I was and like, then he had a third. <laughs> he had a third group flash under his jump wings. Holy shit! That I, I yeah, you got to send me the link to that because I got to see it. It's it the my newest love. Predator movie called The Predator. I so I was listening to because um, we were talking about your 
experience with the pit bikes and it took you three years to see your vision, which reminded me because that's basically the same thing. And it's, I mean, almost identical to Oliver Stone's issues with me getting platoon made. So same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, same it took thing. him four years to get that movie done. But there were, he was talking about the uh, tech advising on platoon, which I thought was, because that was Dale. Dale died yeah, of that, Yeah, right? that was yeah. his first one. And he but, bullied Oliver to choose him. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, that was such an interesting interview with, uh, I was listening to it, Rogan and Oliver Stone, and I listened to it for quite a while. It was fucking really interesting because Platoon was such an iconic movie. It took him so long to get this thing made. He was talking about the selection process and getting the actors into it. They shot it in sequence, which I thought was fucking incredible. In the Philippines. Yes, in the Philippines. They shot it in sequence and... They when they shot it, they were eliminating the characters, obviously, as they died. So it gave them this really acute feeling of these guys are being eliminated through this process <laughs> as well. That's super uh, interesting. That's crazy. It's like a psychological component that would is like almost aid the actors of being like, yep. Yeah, gone. And you're like, fuck, man, it's a little more real because it's not like you're shooting this scene and then going right into a pickup. well, they all went through a month-long train up too. So they were yeah. real close. Except for another cool psychological thing they did was uh, Charlie Sheen was actually separate from the rest of the group. So in the movie, when he comes in, like he had never interacted with the other actors new before. Guy. So he he was the FNG act in the actual <laughs> movie as well. He didn't get to know any of those guys beforehand. Interesting. And they put That's him through the ringer. Cool. Dale, I guess, yeah. put him through a ringer. Put him in real patrol bases, put him out in the jungle. They slept there. Kept... Yeah, they did, they kept them awake. So he kept them awake. They were only getting a couple hours of sleep every night. I was listening to this thing going, man, that's, that is amazing. For that guy to pull that off, but it was a low-budget film back in the day. He had just come out of South America from filming another another film, went to the, the Philippines. Uh, it... it you know, regardless of Oliver Stone's politics, because I think he's probably a pretty hardcore socialist, he's an incredibly talented director, and it's a fucking awesome interview. If you haven't if you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend it because it's well, a fucking great. Record. Yeah, that's it's, it's a awesome. great interview. They yeah. actually did that with the original Predator. They had um, they flew an alien in to work with Arnold. Well, they did. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, they already well, had the alien. He was over at one of the Area Fifty One. At one of them, you know, there's like four or five of them. So four or five different aliens that they uh, could fly in to no, do. No, four movies. or five different like Area Fifty One black sites, like four right. black sites. Yeah. Well, you you talk to a lot of people in the Air Force because of what you're. I guess you were in the Air Force, right? Yeah, yeah, I was for for a little bit, but. What what's their what's their feeling? Because we you and I talk about this a lot. What what's their feeling? Do they feel like we've been in a giant conspiracy for the last sixty years covering up alien technology? Like what, so, what do these yeah. guys think? I mean, but yeah. also too, I mean, I remember the first time I was going out to the center of Knitter or Groom Lake where Area Fifty One is. The first thing that I was told was, oh, nothing's at Area 51 anymore. Now that's all in this area. This is right. where the cool stuff is. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I would hope that if we had like massive secrets, we wouldn't 
you know, put them in the place where everybody thinks they are, you know? Yeah, that's where I think they kept Area 51 on the same schedule. They probably used it for some sort of classified research or whatever, you know, maybe even data, things like that. But I mean, if you ever go out there, man, there's a lot of really weird things. I mean, we're, we're in the middle of the desert, 150 miles away from any sort of civilization, and we come up over a, a kind of a hilltop, and as you come down into it, you see those like five to 10 story satellite dishes that you see in yeah. the contact. And there's 150 of them longer than you can even see. And you're right. just like, what, what, what do those do? <laughs> they get, they got to talk. They got to talk to our masters. You got to make sure the shit's on the, on the right, on the right, on the right plane. Yeah. I'm super curious too. Like, <clears throat> with those three UFO videos they released, like how many other pilots We're getting another, have stories like that that don't have video with them? They've said we get more information in two weeks in September. Is that what they said? Another big, another big declassification happens and more information's coming out. Well, what do you think about, I mean, in reality, right? Because we have unmanned craft that, you know, we have, we've had three on Mars. The Curiosity is still transmitting data. Um, by the way, I don't know if I talked about that to you guys. You have to go on YouTube and look at... Uh, the full res images that these dudes put together from Mars uh, Curiosity. And you can see like full 4K resolution yeah. photos of the surface of Mars. And it's fucking awesome. And it's crazy. Undeniable evidence that it was a watery planet at some point because yeah. the topsoil, the salt um, concentrate in, in, the, in the soil and all that. But maybe like if we do see UFO, they're, they're like the recon element that took, you know, four years to get to our planet. And they're like, oh, fuck, there's life there. Yeah, I, I, we talked about this once. I said, "What if if we had the ability to travel to another planet that we thought was habitable? What would our first interaction be? Like, we we would come into the atmosphere and go, oh shit! Uh, oh shit! We got to get the fuck like, out of here.' I'm just an O3 in space force. Well, I shouldn't be talking to any fucking leaders yeah. on this planet. But, but, the like, other, <laughs> but the other thing is, it's it's not as if we're launching satellites and unmanned unmanned vehicles onto Mars with defense capability." So even, for instance, if we were to reverse this scenario and, and we right. have a, an, an unmanned vehicle that's trying to land on a specific planet and then we're like, oh, fuck, we're getting a shot down. We're, they, they don't have missiles, right? So they're not going, oh, shit, yeah. we got to get out of here. To include, even if, the, even if they have a lower grade of technology and there was somebody with a stick on Mars that sees this thing crawling across the dirt, which... Is, is very similar as far as the analogy to work. If it came across with a stick and started bashing that machine into little pieces, we could do nothing. Oh. It's not as if we can retract the legs and fly it back home. We can't do anything about it. But it's very similar in that regard, which is if they they can put technology on our planet, that means they're way beyond our capacity or threshold to kind of even... Yes and no. Or though. maybe it's one-time use. Maybe well, that's it can get there kick information back and then it's, they can't do anything about it. Well, because we've, we've identified certain planets um, outside of our, our, well, in our galaxy, right. That, that could feasibly be um, well-established enough with the atmosphere to support human life. So it's like, maybe they're just a hundred years before us and it took that long to get there, you know, where the technology based off of the materials and resources you have on your planet limits what you can do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think though that would be even it's 
I, I think I read somewhere where it, it would take us not hundreds of years because even within our own solar system to get to other planets or habitable planets within the galaxy, it, it would be thousands. Like we, it would take us right at this point with our it's, current it's technology. Yeah, yeah, the technology is so, not even close. Yeah. But, you know, that the stuff that is so in, interesting to me is when we look at these UFO videos... Okay, and I think I brought it up on another show, or maybe we talked about it internally. But what I like to think about, or at least hope internally, is that what we're doing is we're in a barter. We're 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 in a game right now with China and Russia behind closed doors, going, "Hey, listen, guys, we're not going to show you what we have in a you know classified briefing. Just watch the news, and then yeah. we'll go ahead and." We're, we're going to go ahead and leave that here. And then we're going to force <laughs> you to the negotiation table, yeah. knowing that this is what we're, we can do. Our pilots don't even know that these are ours. They think they're fucking UFOs. This is what we can do. And this is what we're going to do if you guys keep fucking around. That wouldn't surprise me because it's such a global power play to be like, oh, you know what you're doing with your, your nuclear arms race? Like we have... Alien UFOs. technology. Like we've de- yeah. we've developed this technology. Right. So if you want to yeah. play fuck fuck games over here, guess what? We've got this. Have you guys? Guess what? We got something you can't stop. We can go from here to here in less than a second. You can't stop it, and you're fucked. Like yeah. f u c t fucked. Hard t at the end. Have fuck. you guys ever heard of the theory that the world ended in 2012? What? Have, have oh, you, you mean with this? the Aztec calendar? Well, no. Like they're saying that's when we developed that giant ring thing in Switzerland or something that could create a black hole and they turned it on and nothing happened. And, but the particle accelerator, there's, there's something that there's, there's this belief out there that we accidentally skipped us into a different. Oh my God. I know what rabbit hole I'm going down tonight. So interesting. (laughs) Oh yeah. Because they start showing, if you, if you look this up, it starts showing all these weird anomalies that don't make sense. Like the Statue of Liberty used to be in a different place and they should show all these, like, like it's really weird. It's some of those. It's like kind of attached to the, the matrix theory that we're all in a a simulation. It's, it's the Shazam thing. Like everybody remembers like yeah. Sinbad being in this movie as Shazam or something. And and <laughs> then it doesn't exist. Like Yeah, what is that theory called? They, Sinbad the was Madala, in that movie, right? Modelo effect. No. The Modelo effect, yeah. Sinbad no. was really in that movie, right? No, it doesn't no. exist. It got me. I thought it was. It got me too. I same thing. I remember <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. the cover everybody of remembers that movie. it. It wasn't a thing. The Mandela, the Mandela effect. <laughs> no, are yep. you fucking with me? Yep. Yeah, no. No, no, no we're not fucking with you. We went, we went through this in a DB episode. Look, yeah, oh. if you look up the Statue of Liberty location, Logan, they show a bunch of historical photos of of it being in a different spot. Like, it's fucking weird. Has the Statue of Holy Liberty crap. moved? That's that's. <laughs> he was, I, I swear to God, he was in that movie, right? Was it Sinbad? Oh, the movie doesn't or was even it, exist. Or was it Shaq? Like that. No, Shaq was in Kazam. It, it's the Sin, Sinbad movie, right? Whatever. Yeah. So, either way. There's a bunch of different ones, though, that if he looks up the Mandela effect, like, you're either we're all going to agree that one of these were correct, or we're all going to go, no, I remember this a different way. Oh, my gosh. So, you're going to have to look this up. What are, what are these things? What what are these things? 
And what are, what are some that, of them? Who's that, Kurt back there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kurt's back here. He's looking him up. What yeah, Kurt's Mandela? into a bunch of weird shit too. He he yeah. he bought one of the Bob Lazar drawings. What do you got? Uh, so Nelson Mandela's death, Jif, not Jiffy, Looney Tunes, uh, not. Oh yeah. Tunes. How Looney Tunes is spelled? How was it spelled for you? Um, uh, I think it was T O O N Y. T O O N S. Yeah, supposedly it's T U N E S. Same with Is Bernstein really? Bears. <laughs> What's the Bernstein Bears? What's that one? Um, it says that they it's didn't spelling. exist. It's spelled different. Oh, they're saying it doesn't exist. Curious George's no. tail. D- Monopoly man having a monocle. Had a monocle? He doesn't. Yes, he does. The Monopoly man has a monocle, does he not? Yeah, he's a, mon- he has a monocle. No, he's saying he doesn't. <laughs> Sketchers okay. spelt two ways. Fruit Loops, Oscar Mayer, Oscar Mayer, Febreze, King Henry wow. the Eighth, yeah. Turkey Leg. What's yeah. King Henry? What's King Henry the Eighth? Does it? He, one of I his mean, pictures. Some people distinctly remember his portrait showing the King of England wielding a turkey leg, but he was not. Uh, uh, that's just like misrepresentation of yeah. I mean typos. I don't know if that's. But I, I think I think your brain starts to fill in things that you would typically associate with. So, Curious George, for instance, I've read those books to my daughters for the last six years. I couldn't tell you if that fucking monkey has a tail or not, and I've flipped through those pages a thousand times. But that's, so my brain, everything, everything in life is is your own experience and your perception of what happened. I mean, you can take 10 people from a traumatic event that happened around them. All 10 of them are going to have a drastically different story. For sure. I mean, yeah. anybody that's had to write an after action review on something that happened in war, it's they're 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 similar, right? We got shot up from this side yeah. usually, but like I mean, it, they're they're completely different as far as the the small minute details. Always, especially if it's the more complex it gets with, you know, extended periods of time, and the more complexity that happens, like nobody agrees on any of it, right? It's just yeah. like this happened. No, that's not what I saw. You each have a different perspective, and it's definitely in a high stress situation. You're like, I remember specifically looking at you, and you were doing this. And I mean, I've had those conversations with guys and they're like, fuck off. -uh. I didn't do that. What are you talking about? A great thing to do is like all of that, like experience and what you felt is completely contingent on your emotional environment at that time. I mean, I think a good skit that Keen Peele did on that was the text back and forth and how he's like, no problem, bro. And then the guy reads, he's like, no problem, bro. Like, so, I mean, your mental state drastically changes how you're receiving information and how your brain processes it and then how your outcome of what happened is. Well, yeah. in, in those situations, I think your brain defaults back to its, I would say it's more primitive sections, right? So it starts choking off and it's relying on its more primitive uh, evolutionary aspects of the brain so depending on the individual where they've been raised and what type of experience they, experiences they've had, they're going to have a different experience within that high stress experience, right? It, it's going to be very, it's not, it will not be as coherent for some as it will others. And I've seen it, I've seen it hundreds of times. Guys shut the fuck down. Like, you know, guys just go catatonic. I mean, I've done it personally where you're like grabbing a guy by the back, like, 
move, move up, move up on the wall. Like, let's go. And they're just fucking blank stare. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And you talk to them about it later. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, dude, I fucking physically manhandled you. I put you from here over there. And guys are like, no. And, and you know, they're not bullshitting because they have no reason Right. Their, their ego isn't yeah. interfering with that communication. They're going... There has to be what? that like centerpiece of that. It's the fight or flight mentality. But then there's somewhere in the middle where like your like central nervous system just completely shuts down. Because I've seen it too. Yeah. And I, I've never told this story, but I, at one point during a very heavy conflict I was in, I like just stared at a wall for like five seconds. And I like came to and I was like, yeah, yeah, Roger. And I was right back in the game. But it was like five seconds. Like my body yeah. was just like... I think I, there was so much information to process and I'm, I think very well under stress, but for some reason, one time that happened to me and I had to be like, yeah, Roger. And I was back in the game, but for like five seconds, I like didn't know where the fuck I was and I just couldn't compute what was happening. Or I've done it. I've gotten on the repetitive loop cycle where I'm trying to do something and I, because something else like this fucking you know, something going on, right? So there's a gunfight like right next door and I'm trying to fucking break down one door when all I had to do is like go down the stairs and around, right? And I'm like working and working yeah. and working. I mean, I've, I've done it. I'm like, I'm working on this fucking one problem for like five and a half fucking minutes. And I'm like, oh wait, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I, why am I, why am I doing this? I got to yeah. get the fuck out of here and but, like get in this game, right? I think you have to fight some of that like innate genetics or the way your brain is wired sometimes. And that's where tactical pauses come in. And I think it's not only applicable yeah. to war, but in business and life, like you become so conditioned to exist in the environment that you've created that even though it's not what you want it to be, it's since you're conditioned to it, it's a normality kind of thing. And you have to take that pause and be like, actually, if I did this a different way, I'd be far more happy. And, and I think it's why people stay in toxic relationships for fucking 15 years because it's just normal to them and they can't see the other side. It's that transitional aspect of it and that the tactical pause of like, what are the third and order effects? If I change this, how do I do this better? And you just, it gives you that like ability to like critically think rather than like break down the fucking door, break it. So I'd be like, Oh shit. Okay. There's a staircase. There's a door. I'll try the staircase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's that saying? Uh, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to your level of training. Yeah. And I think that's probably applicable outside of you know, warfare as well to where if you're, if you're going through and you know, you're, you're difficult on yourself, it's going to be a lot easier for you to work through those situations in life as well. So I have a question for just you guys everything then. being stressful. There's always that 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 idea of your product of your environment, your condition, and that's how you act, or you're born that way. Do you think? I personally think it's a little bit of both. You can't change genetics, obviously, like physical attributes that are built into you. You can't change, but I I would say you're far more conditioned to behave away based off of your experience, your intellect, and all of that. Do you agree with that? Or, or? Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I think it's a combination of both things. Like one, you know, you for sure can't change genetics, but I I think the experiential side of things outweighs genetics just a little bit. But, but and isn't it weird? Like, I, I, I truly believe that you can rewire your brain. And I mean, like, obviously, like Rogan and other guys think about that with, you know, using certain substances to rewire your brain. And like, I, I, I know veterans that have gone down and taken ayahuasca and taken journeys and completely cured their PTSD, you know, from it. But you see that a lot in life where people are so dramatic and they're focused on the negative shit. And then something massively traumatic happens in their life. And 
like overnight, they're a different person. And they're like, I'm going to rethink everything and how I process information. And it's almost like a correlation to what we were talking about earlier, Logan, the point you brought up, like how do we feel like September 12th without the tragedy of uh, September 11th, right? It's like, how do you, how do you get that, that, that like understanding and freeing your mind from the frivolous drama and all this shit constructs that you've built through years and years and years of your life, your whole existence, and then change your way of thinking without having to do something massively traumatic. Is it a ayahuasca thing? I don't know. I mean, I've never done it. I don't, I don't think you can. I think the the brain... I, I wanted to, you know, to re- rewind a little bit and answer it, which I... I, I I read some statistics somewhere where where you know based on a, a we'll say born without you know acute abnormalities um, abnormal abnormalities there we go yeah something like that right um, we're all plus or minus you know a few percentage points away from the same IQ and I think the only way you can develop and evolve your individual brain is through uh, it's, it's through stress it's through it's through putting yourself through the fucking the grinder and sometimes that's an external force that puts you through that grinder you know that's the interesting thing about veterans uh, just in general especially you know combat veterans they've they've volunteered and then they've signed up and then they put themselves through an, an acute amount of of stress and their brain develops at a very fast pace in those environments. It, it has to, because you have to, your brain has to develop in order to survive. And then in stress, it's amplified and then it increases its plasticity or its plasticity is the same, but the, the neuro pathways have to be developed in order to survive. And your body inherently is wired to survive. So for me, when I think about this, I think the the individual responsibility and what kind of separates the 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 people is your ability to to subject yourself to acute amounts of stress over and over and over again. I'm not talking about like stress in the context of like you know I've not paid my fucking taxes. No, I'm talking about you know you have to push the physical and mental limits of your capacity in order to learn and evolve. And if you're not doing that, and that's part of the problem to revert back to our other conversation we were having earlier, is that if the if people aren't doing that because the society has built such a sanctuary for them never to have to push themselves oh, past their comfortable, right? They're past their point of comfort, you're not evolving. You have never. to put yourself into a stressful situation. You have yep. to evolve and you have to prioritize what actually means something against real life. So for instance... Well, a perfect way of phrasing that, Evan, is, and I say this a lot, is information isn't experience. You could know everything in a book. And I I personally think that that is something that we have fallen so short on in the educational system of reading literature and then developing opinions about it. And, And granted... There's certain things like medicine that is historically and clinically proven and tested and tested. Okay, this is the way it works. But you, you only get to figure things out if you live them. And I think exactly to your point is when we create this society built in comfortability, you have you don't have this cognitive progression because it takes incremental time to like day after day challenge yourself and say, like, I am afraid of heights per se. 
and sometimes you got to jump out of a fucking plane with a parachute a couple times. And you're like, it ain't that bad. Right. Right. Just like people that have needle phobias. Well, I guarantee if you had to get hit with a needle every day, you're going to work past that. It's, it's the conditioning of your brain, but taking that leap of faith and trying something new is so hard for people. And for me, I've seen that a lot in entrepreneurial world is the most successful, like CEOs and founders tend to be the guys that go, fuck it. I'll try it. Let's go. And that's like where I think that fail fasting comes from. Cause you got to try new shit. Like that's, I want to know as much as I can about this life where I fucking kick the bucket. Yeah. And which, you know, to speak to your question earlier, I think what you just described is it's more weighted towards the experiential side of things. Like, I, I don't think I've, I've done a couple different things. I don't think there is a, a snap solution to like rewire your brain. It's all of these things, experiential habits that are stacked on top of each other that gets you to a certain point. Like we, we want to believe as humans that there, there's one just quick solution that will get us exactly where we want to be. That's not the way it is. It's all of this stuff. It's a ton of discipline. It's a ton of drive, a ton of creativity that will ultimately stack on top of each other. And the end output of that will, will be something that you personally align with and, and agree with within yourself. So Logan, let me ask you a question then. Why do you think in society, like... We all know physical fitness is a massive attribute, not only in a health perspective, but it, it helps you mentally. How come there hasn't been more focus on the brain? And because it, it literally, the, our body is a function of our brain, right? We're sending fucking yeah. signals to it. Like, why, why do you think that as a society, we haven't been like, you know, meditation or whatever, all these things that can increase your mental health, which, which drastically improves your quality of life, which I think is the end goal for everyone is to live a quality life. If we don't, yeah. focus on that. I think to answer that, I think it's because we we're still figuring it out. We don't know enough about it yet. I kind of started to go down this rabbit hole dealing with PTS. And I did this study at Michigan state where I was doing yoga and meditation and then linking that back to a series of tests at the psych department. And I was like trying to, I was asking questions and like they, the, the doctors, like they, they really don't know yet. Like look at where we are with post-traumatic stress in general. Like we've been experiencing this ever since we've been a country, but we're, we're like just now figuring this out or, or at least trying. We just don't know enough about the topic. It is a hyper complex organ. Well, of course. I mean, you look at, uh, the problematics with CTE, like let's look at professional sports athletes and that have been hit in the head boxers. I mean, it rewires their brain, the swelling and everything. I mean, they're completely different people than they used to be based off of the trauma to their brain. So it's like, how do you do that in a positive light? And I don't, obviously I'm not a doctor, but I'd be curious. Yeah. I, I think, I think part of it is like it, it's almost impossible at this point as, as a society, as American society, as we look at it, and as we look at this, one of the biggest problems with being, you know, this woke bullshit is you can't have an honest conversation with people in society. You can't say fitness matters because no. you have to accept people for who they are yeah, and, body shaming, and all this other shit. Shaming, body shaming and all this other shit. Be that so random fucking thing, but Adele, you know who Adele is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that girl. <clears throat> when she lost a ton of weight. Yeah, she lost a ton and of weight. People were like, and they're buying looks her. Looks great. Album. Looks great. This social fucking outcry that, like, back in the day, used to be like, hey, what a brave thing. You got healthy. They're just ripping her apart, saying that because she got skinny, she's fat shaming essentially people because 
they don't feel good about their bodies now. Right. Like that, now we're, I don't care. We're we need to start this like like this no. Gordon Ramsay's fucking attitude the other yeah. day. He's like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Well, Jared, fuck we had this, remember we, we built this little like little little chart that just went like microaggression and it just points back to shut the fuck up, do work. Yeah. Like just <laughs> shut the fuck up and do work. Like right. either you're content with being overweight. And let me tell you, that's on you. If you want to be overweight, you want to fucking drink. 17 liters of cola a day. That's on you. It's your body. We can talk about the implications on the healthcare system later, but that's on you. But you can't fucking talk shit on someone else for being more successful, more fit. They're just outworking you. I think I think that a lot of this is just coming from lazy and competent people that yeah, to want to blame yeah. their woes on everybody else. I think this is a true this is the conversation what we're having. We're being shamed by lazy and competent people yeah. that want to be excuse driven, that want to blame all their problems on other people. Because I, I hate to tell, you know, nobody probably listens to this is going to be disagree with this, but anything you want in life worth having takes a lot of fucking work. It's hard. It's difficult. And you might have to fail a few times to get it right. But for people to go out and just say, I'm going to identify as a fucking you know, engineer. Hey, dude, you're not gonna you're not gonna design the fucking plans for my house just because you'd identify as an engineer now and you don't want to work for it because your college professor said that you didn't really have to abide by any guidelines or performance criteria. That doesn't mean you can build a safe building, idiot. That just means you can fucking take out a crayon and draw a box on a piece of paper. Yeah. We shouldn't be duped into a society where the lazy, incompetent people are shaming other people yeah. for their hard work. And then going, oh, that person must have a tragic t childhood experience because they want to work hard. Fuck off. It's called work for a reason. It's called evolution for a reason. Right. I, I was thinking about this the other day because I think we were joking around about it where the, in today's society, the caveman that made fire, right? If they, that guy like rolls out and it's like, we'll just call him Chad. And it's like all the other people in the cavemans were like, oh, Chad thinks he's all fucking cool because he's getting fire now. Oh, huh? look at that. And then, oh, fucking Chad, fuck you. Yeah. And then they go out, they put the fire out and they're like, fuck you, Chad, and your fire. Yeah, you we're know what? cavemen, we're cold for a reason. I'm going to be in this cave for the rest of my life, day in, day out, bashing these women in the head and dragging them back here to procreate. <laughs> But you're going to try to make fire. And it's like, no, dudes, I'm telling you, man, we can put meat on this thing. Like, it's pretty epic. Like, the meat tastes better. It's less chewy. I, I think this is the way forward. And then they're going back to their other cave with their spouse going, can you believe that fucking prick, Chad? Oh, how pretentious <laughs> that piece of shit is. Him building fires and like, oh, you, you're so much better because your meat is yeah. less chewy. Cooking meat. Cooking meat. <laughs> living in your clothes, wearing shoes. Also, fuck also, off. Also, fuck Brad, dude. Yeah. Brad is the best hunter of the yeah. cavemen. And I'm sick of him bringing three deer back or whatever the fucking squirrels. Yeah. I only got one. That's not fair because now the society looks at me that I'm a less performer. I may have napped throughout the day, but fuck him. Yeah. Oh, God. Squirrels, dude. Comes back you know, to what did Dion's you do? got this fucking device that he rolls around. I don't even know oh, what it's called, yeah. but he's like wheeling stuff around. He's like, look at it, it's easier. <laughs> I don't want easy, right? I want to be cold. I want to be hungry. And I want to. And I just want to be beating the fuck up all the time. I'm a caveman, goddamn. Well, I think you know? this is the cartoon we write, right? right? Well, yeah. it's okay. I can use your wheel, right? Because because it's unfair that you you had the intellect to create that. And based, I'm a caveman too, so I should have your wheel. Super unfair. That's super unfair. Bullshit. You know? Yeah, it's bullshit that 
you know, Brad's over there, you know, what, what was Brad doing? I forget. Uh, was hunting. hunting. Oh, Brad was hunting squirrels. Yeah, hunting. Brad's hunting squirrels, right? Chad's got a fire. Leon's got this wheel. Yeah. It's like these fucking assholes. We're cavemen, right? It's like when you're yeah, cavemen. The counter, that's the counterculture right there. It's, yeah, and it's like well, I didn't we, invent anything, so now I'm now I'm I'm shaming. Now I'm going to shame everybody all the people within our 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 society that have any form of ability to Ingenuity. be exceptional. Yeah. yeah, and and then it's like, well, you but, can't even classify yourself as exceptional because that's you know elitist or whatever it is. It's like, hey, dude, how do you think the Wright brothers? Oh my God, the Wright brothers want to fly. Those pieces of shit. We're humans. We stay on the ground. We walk. That's <laughs> what we do, work. motherfuckers. This is never going to work. It's never going to take on. Yeah. Humans are not going to get in these, these airplanes and fly yeah. places. You, you guys are bicycle repairmen. You go to work just like the rest of us with our fucking mustaches and our leather, you know, <laughs> bibs. Banana holders. And, yeah. And that, and we work on bikes. How dare you motherfuckers try to get up there and fly? This well, is the bullshit. Interesting argument on the woke side to that is you would say you'd have a class system and an economic system based off of social stratification, meaning that you have less fortunate people born into less than favorable environments comparatively to someone's father who made a gajillion dollars in IT and can provide an education at Harvard. And I think that that's fucking trash because if you live in America, it's just, it's going to take a little more work. Right. And then you have to tell yourself like, I'm not seven feet tall. I can't play in the NBA. Well, I'm good at a lot of other things and I'll put my focus power into that. And it's like, I'm sure we talked about this for most of us, most of us, most of us grew up pretty poor, but we still did shit. My parents couldn't even pay for braces. Like they couldn't, I couldn't pay for an education. So what did I do? I went out and got it my fucking self. I joined the military, did my time, took risk, got the MGI bill, put myself through college. Like there's just shit. You're going to have to work harder than other people in life. But if you want it, you get it. Like if you wanted success, like you had to fucking breathe air, you're going to get it. The problem is people have their fucking oxygen takes on just like laying in their fucking couches and then griping at the people that will go out there and take the risks. Yes. Yeah, and it's risk, emotional risk, fucking health risk. I mean, all of this shit. Like, if you look at it, not to go into fucking tangent, but we've all aged ourselves pretty hard because we put our bodies through fucking hell over the last years. And finally, you're like, okay, I'm at a place where I should probably get seven hours of sleep, right? It was not that way for a long time. But we well, and it's so disappointing too, because like for me personally, that's been the most rewarding parts of my life is when I've undergone a very, very difficult task and like working towards accomplishing that thing. Right. Like by far, not not love, not graduating, like finally getting to that point where you're like, I put all of this work in and I did this super difficult thing. That is one of the most rewarding things I think we can experience as humans. 100%. And I think, and it's also checking your ego, right? I mean, I know people that work way harder than I do. And I'm not like, fuck them for their success. Like, I'm not looking at the new Tesla Model X and being like, fuck those guys. I'm like, well, there's some pretty fucking That's smart cool. dudes. It's pretty cool. Fuck well, Elon Musk. Day, you know, like, fuck Elon Musk. Fuck like, that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, people shouldn't have to apologize for their success. You should. Like, no, we're but, not going but that's to. That's the thing is, we can choose not, it, it's, not to. It's, it's it's hypocrisy in its purest form because what it is is accept everybody for who they are, except no, the people that we don't like. Then you can't accept them, right? And it's it's this complete contradictory piece of information out there where people think that 
You don't have to work hard to get what you want in life. And I can't imagine how many people have never actually felt their the weight of their body. When I see this, like, like we have all pushed our our physical machine to its breaking point, to the point where we've all had to stop because we've pushed it so fucking hard that we physically cannot go any further, right? And we have to stop and rest and move it forward. Like how many people in the world don't even know what that feels like to push your machine to the point of which I got to take a break. I'm fucked up. I mean, there's a lot of people, if you just look at this from a psychological standpoint, there's a lot of people that have never been a part of something that they were unable to quit. And that's a big thing. Like, yeah. The ability to say that's I really quit. That's a really good is, point. Is, yeah. That's a, that's a whole different mindset of when, and that's why even in, in, in my personal life, I am much more attracted to military or law enforcement women because they know what it's like to not be able to just say, I quit when things get fucking difficult. Or so is that like an analogy when they're doing all the work in the bed, they can't quit? Hey, because- <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to say it was specific. I'm just saying <laughs> the I quit mentality is, is a different breed of person. But, but that, yeah, you're right. And I think the, the quitters in a society should, I mean, ultimately Live they should together. reap their reward. Yeah. Reap they their should. Reward. If you're a lazy butt fucking quitter, you should, you should reap your reward, which is nothing. Yeah. Like that's what you should get. That's get what nothing. life owes you. Nothing. Like reap your, reap what we sow. But I think that's what happens. This real argument in our society is that people have become too comfortable and complacent. and They want everything to be given to them in this instant gratification culture. They don't want to have to fucking go through the years of hard work and discipline that it takes. And they want what other people have by snapping their fingers. That's what fucking socialism is. So Jeff Bezos' company is now worth over a trillion dollars. That's fucking amazing. But you have people like AOC that are like, fuck that guy. We need to take more of what he he has. He shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah, he shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's like, that's the, hey, I want that wheel, motherfucker. That's the, I want the wheel caveman mentality. That's my wheel. That's my fire. It's like, guess what? You didn't come up with Amazon. Sorry, you didn't do it. You didn't, you, you didn't do it. So what gives you the fucking right to take something from somebody else that's built it within the, the within law? Like you, you think did AOC's it without breaking the fucking law. She has. What's that? I think AOC's used uh, absolutely Amazon. absolutely has. I bet she has. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I mean, everybody does. Like, you have a choice. Like, that's the beauty of this. Like, we're not buying things from the government yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we aren't forced to buy shit from the government yet. I mean, like, can't wait for those bread lines, fucking socialists. <laughs> well, didn't this one turn into a happy <laughs> one? Yeah. Well. I like Thank it. I, I'll end it with the ranger school story. Cause when you're saying the no quit thing, yeah. the most terrifying thing in ranger school for me, it was after I'd recycled Florida. Cause all real rangers recycle. It's part of the game. You all know? the real ones. All, all the, the real ones. ones. <laughs> Capital R. They allowed you to have a uh, one pack of gum through the whole Florida phase. And I was on a ruck at like four in the morning and we'd been up all day or something. My vision completely went down to like pinholes. Cause I think I was, 
whatever that is. I had no sugar in my body or what I don't know. But I was walking blind for about 20 seconds. <laughs> and I was reaching for my gun gum because I knew I was gonna pass out. And if you pass out, they're gonna say you're a heat cat and you're kicked out of ranger school. And so I just started stuffing all the gum in my mouth and walking as I was essentially blind in like a somewhat straight line. And then my vision slowly came back and I was like, Ooh, that was close. <laughs> but it's like the whole synopsis and capstone of that is like there, your body will quit no matter what. We, we'll, we'd all quit in a certain environment, but like you have to have that ability to be like, what, what, is, what can I do right now to try to fix this? Because it, was, it could have been really easy for me to lay down and been like, uh, my body couldn't handle it. But I was like, I'm going to try everything. Like, I'll fucking kiss a dude right now if I can get some of his blood sugar. You know I'll what I'm kiss saying? A dude. I'll kiss a dude. Logan, about that kissing a dude thing, man. Let's go. Hey, who's ready for a dude kiss? Anyways, <laughs> well, that was a fun show, guys. Yeah. It was. It was yeah. a great show. Glad we could do this. Do you want to talk about coffee at all? Or just... Yeah, we have a Lava Panther coming out. Ooh. And that is the next DCS that is in the shoot, scheduled for September. We've got a grand opening in San Antonio at our Bitters location. Uh, we've got so much stuff going on. We've got a new RTD that's getting released or ready to drink. A couple of I almost want to show the design. It's right it's on my So head. good. I mean, right. I think God, it's give them a 15 little ounce sneak. can. Yeah, yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah, yeah, you grab can that, do that. White, the white one. Yeah, yeah. Show them the white one. Stores across the United States oh are carrying uh, Black Rifle Coffee's ready to drink. Oh, shit. Oh, those oh, big old man. cans. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so those are going to be hitting the shelves in the next couple months. Um, we've got so much cool shit going on. The caffeinated life, I think, with uh, Logan and I when we hit it down in Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah. Uh, um, honestly, is probably one of the, the more fun things I think I've been able to do. In this company over the last couple of years is just go straight to the farm, talk to the farmers, spend a lot of time with Logan, which yeah, is great. Nobody can say that's not a good time, right? True, and you have more of that in Louisiana, so it'll be perfect for you. Guys. I mean, I guess that's it's efficient. your turn, Matt, to have a Central America trip with Logan because both him and I have had ours. You know, we, we got a tab, we got a Logan tab. I live, I live in South <laughs> America pretty much, though. So. Yeah, it's like a. I was it's like being a, theologically correct or whatever. whatever. It's like being a winter ranger back in the day where you get yeah. the white stitching on your yeah, thing. You, you get the Logan. Yeah. You get the, the Logan, Logan patch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do want to say, because we're talking about all this new releases, man. Um, we got, in, you know, our store and bitters is kind of doing some test runs right now. And the support has been amazing. I just want to say yeah. thank you to everybody, man. Your guys' support and loyalty over the years... You know, we talk and preach about the hard work aspect, but at the end of the day, all the hard work means nothing without your support. And we're really trying to do some epic things. And fucking a, it's it's been a crazy cool ride, and we, we promise to keep it going and doing more epic shit. And we got a lot in the queue, like Evan was saying, designs, uh, the stores opening, which is going to be the precursor to the franchise rollout program. Like so much fucking cool shit coming down the, the pike, man. So thank you for everything you guys have done for the company. It's it's it doesn't go unnoticed. We wouldn't be here without. Truly, and a, a pretty awesome. cool thing. I don't know if you guys saw, but a couple of the guys that were out for the veteran adaptive shoot um, actually established an archery arm in an existing nonprofit out there. So right. that's epic. Uh, we're already seeing awesome. the ripple effects from that. Yeah. So good on you, Caleb and Lopez. There you go. Yeah. Is Lopez the dude you sent that called me a bitch because he was shooting a bow with oh, his yeah. mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Lopez. He's missing an yep. arm. I'm like, okay, okay, you worked harder than me. Fine. Yep. Fine. <laughs> Badass motherfucker. 
Yeah, go out and vote, man. I mean, honestly, like I can't preach that enough. Like go out and vote and vote this fucking deadwood out of office all the way through Congress and Senate. Make sure that you're uh, getting out and being being an example because I think that we, we have to take the fight to the voting booth to beat back socialist fucking bullshit. I yep. really do. You got to get out and vote. You got to vote for America. Vote for democracy. Uh, German ideology is, it doesn't fit here. <laughs> like, you got to get the fuck out of this place. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.